You're listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of South Crest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. What's up, guys? How is everybody tonight? Awesome. Yeah, that was a great time of worship. Uh, thank you, worship band, for leading us in that. That was, that was amazing. Uh, super enjoyed it. <clears throat> um, so... I am filling in again for Brandon tonight. Um, him and his wife and his two kiddos uh, went to Florida. Um, yeah, Florida, that's where they're from. So they went to Florida for a wedding to go visit some family. Um, and so they decided to turn it into a little bit of an extended stay uh, just for this week um, so they could show off their babies to the grandparents and have a good time with the family and stuff. I keep teasing Brandon that the only reason that they went to Florida is so that they could be lazy and just like hang out on the beach. And he was like, no, but that is what they're doing. Don't let them lie to you about that. Um, But speaking of laziness, we all have the friend in our lives, or maybe it's us who's just that like super lazy person, right? Uh, Like just like lays around and like binges like Netflix all day and like eats chips. I see Aaron raising his hand back there, who's probably the least lazy person I've ever met in my life. Um, but no, we, we all know that person or we all have that friend, correct? Give me a head nod. If you're like, I don't know who that is, it's you. Um, so get used to it, I guess. Um, but I want to share a story with you guys about one of my friends. Um, so I worked with a missions organization this past year um, and I lived abroad for 11 months in, and lived in different countries working with different organizations and different local churches. Um, and for one of the months, I was in Moldova um, in a little city called Tiraspol. But whenever we were there, um, every single night for dinner, we would all sit down around a, a circular table together and we would eat dinner together with our host who spoke zero English and only Russian. It was great. It was awesome. Never could communicate with them. It was fantastic. Um, but that was, that, was, that was so much fun. But the funny part was when we would sit down around the, the dinner table to eat, we would do it like family style, right? Like there'd be a big bowl of potatoes and then another big bowl of potatoes and then another big bowl of t- potatoes because we were in Eastern Europe and that's all they eat. Um, but no, no, seriously, there would just be big bowls of food everywhere um, and you'd serve yourself, right? And so we had a friend there and every time we would sit down for dinner, it never failed. I, I still don't understand why she did it, but anything that would be within like reaching like length of her, like if I was sitting next to her and she was sitting here and like right here was like the, the jug of water, she'd be like, hey, Zach, can you hand me the water? I was like, are you kidding? It's like, you just have to extend your arm and pick it up, right? It's right there. Why are you so lazy? And so it got to be an ongoing joke uh, where me and my friend would be like, hey, Zach, can you come cut my chicken for me? Or hey, can you come feed me my food? Or whatever it might be. And so she eventually caught on and realized what she was doing and she stopped. Um, But it was so funny because we were just like, how can you be so lazy to not even reach your arm out and to grab that? So like I said, laziness is something that we all have experienced, um, that we all have actually done in our lives, or that somebody that's close to us has maybe just been like the most lazy person you've ever met and it's the most annoying thing on the planet. Um, But actually in Proverbs, Solomon talks about laziness more than he talks about any other subject in Proverbs. Um, So it's almost like laziness has just been something that humans have struggled with forever, right? Um, That's that's pretty simple, that laziness is something that 
even all the way back thousands of years ago they struggled with, and all the way today laziness is something that we struggle with. Um, cool thing is, is that if you're not a Christian and you're here tonight, laziness is still something that you struggle with, right? This is not only something that Christians struggle with, this is not only something that followers of Jesus have issues with, but all around the board, people are lazy. Um, and so even if you're here tonight and you're not a believer uh, and you just came uh, to hang out because you like community or you came because your friend invited you or you came because you didn't know what this was all about or whatever, um, I encourage you to really lean in tonight still because the book of Proverbs is chopped full of things that we can learn not only as Christians but just as individuals in general. Um, so tonight's going to be awesome. Um, so laziness, like I said, isn't something that only Christians talk about and struggle with and, and worry about. But even throughout the course of history, um, philosophers and poets and authors and writers and everything have talked about it. And this is one of them. This was uh, from a, a Lebanese poet named Khalil Gibran, who was born in like the late 1800s. But he said, laziness, laziness is the lust for comfort that stealthy thing that enters the house as a guest and then becomes a host and then a master. So as you can tell from that quote, laziness isn't just something that comes in and boom is a master in your life immediately, but it comes in and it progressively gets worse and worse in your life until it's the master, right? It's the master of your house. It's the master of everything that is going on. And so how can we notice laziness in our lives? and not let it become the master of our lives. And so um, before we can keep it from becoming the master, we have to realize how it takes shapes in our life. Um, just like I just read from that quote, it doesn't just come in and overnight is the master of our lives. It comes in and it's a progressive thing that takes time um, and, and eventually boils up into a big issue in our life. Um, and so this, this, saw, or this proverb that we're going to read tonight gives a few characteristics of what a lazy person looks like. So I'm going to read that for us, and then I'll pray, and then we'll, we'll get into the text. Um, and so if you want to open up your Bibles with me to Proverbs 26, verses 13 through 16. Sweet. So those verses say... <clears throat> The sluggard says, there is a line in the road. There is a line in the streets. As a door turns on its hinges, so does a sluggard on his bed. The sluggard buries his hand in the dish. It wears him out to bring it back to his mouth. The sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. So like I said, each of those verses, I believe, gives, gives us a characteristic of what a lazy person or a sluggard looks like uh, in our lives and in the lives of people back then. So we're going to kind of dissect this um, verse by verse, but let's pray first. Father, we thank you for tonight. <clears throat> I thank you for all the people that have come here tonight, Lord. Old faces, um, new faces, Lord. Um, I thank you for everybody that has just given up some time on Tuesday to come and to have community together um, and to learn about you and to grow in friendship and relationship. Um, Lord, I just pray that you speak to us tonight through the text, Father, um, that you just shower us in your understanding. Um, you shower us in your knowledge, Father. Um, speak through me tonight. Um, man, we love you. Pray this in your name. Amen. Sweet. So we look at verse 13, um, and, and I'm going to read that again. And it says, the sluggard says, there is a lion in the road, there is a lion in the streets. Um, and so what does that say about a lazy person, right? It, it contextually is talking about a man who, who is making up excuses, right? So 
So a lazy person is somebody that makes excuses. Contextually here, it's talking about a man who would not want to go to work because he's afraid of a lion being in the street waiting for him, right? And at that time, it wasn't exactly uncommon for there to be lions out in the villages and in the towns, um, but it would be similar to me having like a job at like Walmart up in Colorado and being like, man, today I just can't go to work. What if a bear gets me? Are there bears in Colorado? Yes, you can respond, yes, right? There are bears in Colorado, but if I go downstairs from my apartment and get my car to drive to work, is a bear gonna attack me? No, right? Chances are very, very slim of that happening. And so not that it was uncommon for there to be lines in the street here, but that is an absolute, that's just an excuse, right? And we all know somebody who makes excuses like that, just excuses after excuses after excuses. Um, whether it's like, hey, so-and-so, I'm moving into a new house. Can you help me move my stuff? And you ask them, and they're like, well, you know, I would, but actually on that day, um, or just, just yesterday, my, my aunt's brother's cousin's dog's goldfish's mom passed away, and so I have to be there for moral support. Um, I just have to be there. I have to pray for them, and I have to comfort them, right? And so we all know the person that just makes excuse after excuse after excuse, and verse 13 right there tells us that that's one of the, one of the characteristics of a lazy person, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's lazy people make excuses. That, that's, that's the gist of verse 13. Um, so I'll read that again. It says, the sluggard says there is a lion in the road. There is a lion in the streets. A lazy person is a person that makes excuses. So that's what a lazy person says, right? They use their mouth. They make excuses but what do lazy people do? That's what verse 14 tells us. They tell us a characteristic about what a lazy person does. Verse 14 says, as a door turns on its hinges, so does a sluggard on his bed. Right? And so if you envision one of the doors around here, whenever you open it, it has hinges, right? And it stays on its hinges. So it moves a lot, but it never actually moves location, does it, right? It always stays in the same place, even though it's moving back and forth. And that's what this verse says a lazy person does is, is just like a door on the hinges, that's what a lazy person does in their bed, right? They roll around, they're just kind of like moving, but they're not actually doing anything. They're, act they're not actually getting anything done. And so it, it doesn't mean somebody who just legitimately stays in bed all of the time. It could mean that. That is obviously a very lazy person, but also this speaks further than that, right? It speaks into our lives. Have you ever gone home um, for Christmas or for Thanksgiving or whatever, and you saw your buddy from high school, and you're like, man, you're the same exact person you were three years ago in high school, and they're like, well, thank you, and while that could be a compliment, it could also not be much of a compliment, right? Because if a person has not grown at all since their freshman year of high school, if they're the, playing the same jokes, if they're thinking the same things are funny, if they're doing the same thing with their life, that could be a great show of a lazy person, right? If they're still wearing their Letterman jacket, I'm not knocking Letterman jackets. If you still do that, it's awesome. I have mine at my house somewhere. But if they still like wear their leather, Letterman jacket all over the town, like all over town and stuff, chances are they, they have not grown, right? And so that's a sign of a lazy person is what verse 14 tells us is somebody that has not gone anywhere, somebody that has not grown, somebody that is sitting there in their bed like a door on its hinges. 
And so it says, as a door turns on its hinges, so does a sluggard on his bed. So it says a lazy person lies around and gets nothing done. So they, they don't do anything, they don't get up, they don't go, they don't get a job, they don't do whatever. What motivates them? Nothing does, right? And so if we read verse 15, that says a sluggard buries his hands in the dish, but it wears him out to bring it back to his mouth. And so this, this shows that a sluggard has no motivation, right? A lazy person has no motivation. He starts doing things, but he doesn't finish them. Whenever he does things, he only does them halfway, right? And so a sluggard is a person that only does things halfway, that starts things and is unwilling to finish them. He has no motivation to finish the job. Here in that verse, it says that he puts his hand in the dish to get the food, but he doesn't have the motivation to bring it back to his mouth, right? So you can just imagine that to somebody sitting there with their hand in the food, and they're like, are you going to eat that? No, I lost motivation. I'm just hand in the bag of chips. I'm just not going to do anything about it. That would be weird. Don't do that. People would think you're weird. Um, but a great example of this in our lives is New Year's resolutions, right? Raise your hand in here if you've ever done a New Year's resolution. I feel like it has to be more than that. I feel like it has to be most people. Raise, keep your hand up if you quit that resolution within a month. Okay, I think more hands went up after I said that than were up originally. Um, but no, that's a great example, right? Is, oh, this is such a good idea. I'm going to go to the gym every single day at 5 a.m. It's going to be amazing. No, you're not. Right, that's why uh, I don't go to the gym very often, but my fiance Becca does. And she would tell you that every year for that first month after New Year's is the worst time to be an active gym member because you're there every day and it's so busy. But once three weeks, four weeks, five weeks hit, Nobody stays around. All those people who decided that they were going to prepare for their summer bod were totally okay with their summer bod being a dad bod. No more cares in the world, just like me. It's awesome. Um, New Year's resolutions. What, what, a, what a good example of that. Um, where it's like, Brandon usually references the office and he said he was going to stop, but I'm going to actually reference it tonight. But it's like Michael Scott's book of business, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? He's like, uh, I'm going to write a book about business. And it goes on throughout all of these seasons. And then uh, towards the end, whenever, whenever Michael's leaving, spoiler alert, Michael leaves. Um, it gets worse when he leaves, so don't watch the rest of it. But when Michael leaves, he goes into Daryl and he says, Daryl, I'm going to gift you with my book of business. And he hands him the book and Daryl's like, thanks, man, that's so awesome. And he opens it and he's like, there's only one thing in here. And it, it's chapter one. And, and, and chapter one says, everyone likes a guy who offers him a stick of gum. That's it. <laughs> That's Michael Scott's book of business. That's great, right? Um, so he, he gave up on writing it, right? He was like, man, this is such a good idea. I'm going to write a book about business. I'm the best businessman I know. So I'm going to write a book about business. Makes sense. But he didn't follow through, right? He lacked the motivation. He, when you watch it, Michael Scott's kind of a, a lazy character sometimes. Um, but he lacked motivation to finish this book, right? He only did things halfway. They make, they make excuses, right? So lazy people make excuses. A lazy person gets nothing done, and a lazy person does things halfway. So what does a lazy person think about? What are, what are their thoughts that run through their head, right? Verse 16 says, the sluggard is wiser in his own eyes. <coughs> Sorry. The sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. So what does that say about a lazy person, right? A lazy person is full of themselves. They think that they're better. They think that they're wiser than other people. Um, they think they're smarter. They think they can answer better. And have, have you guys ever met a lazy person that you're like, man, like, 
you maybe need to make some changes in your life. And they're like, no, you don't know me. I know what I'm doing. Like, I got my five-year plan, like whatever, whatever they want to say. But a lazy person is somebody who is full of themselves and who is not willing to listen to advice from other people. Um, they, they're not willing to, to see the error in their own lives. They think that whatever they're doing is fine and that it's good and that there's, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, and they're unwilling to step out of that and to go and move on. And most, yeah, most importantly, they're unwilling to listen to godly advice. When godly people come into their lives and, and want to encourage them and to, to help them, lazy people are unwilling to hear that. So these verses in, in Proverbs, the whole passage tells us about characteristics of lazy people, right? We, we went over them, um, <clears throat> and it's a lazy person um, makes excuses, right? A lazy person lies around and gets nothing done. A lazy person does things halfway, and a lazy person is full of themselves. So we can get all of these things from this passage that tell us characteristics about a lazy person, um, and it would be an injustice just to leave it there, right? Because obviously, the Bible does not just point out and tell us where we are wrong and what we're doing wrong, does it? The Bible gives us good information of how, how to turn that around and how to, to be a godly person. Um, and so in our daily lives, what should we look like compared to a lazy person as followers of Jesus, right? Um, and so, like I said, a lazy person makes excuses, but a godly person is one of integrity, right? And so we learn that from verse 13, that a lazy person is someone that makes excuses. How can we be a person of integrity if all we ever do is make excuses? If all we ever do is, is not get our work done and say, oh, well, man, like I got caught up doing this or that, or man, I know I was supposed to meet you um, here for this, but man, I, I forgot, and really you were just watching Monday Night Football, right? How, how are we supposed to be a person of integrity if all we ever do is make excuses? So the definition of integrity from when I Googled it um, is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness. This means that we own up to places when we mess up. It means that we're unafraid to tell people, hey, I goofed. I, I messed up here. I said something I shouldn't have. I hurt your feelings. Um, that's my fault. My bad. I, I take blame for that, right? So how are we supposed to do any of that if all we ever do is make excuses? This means that when we say something is going to happen, that it actually happens, that, we don't, that we're not full of empty promises, that whenever we tell somebody, Cade, man, dude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you read the Bible this semester. I'm going to help you do this. And then a month down the road, I haven't texted Kate about reading the Bible, right? That, that is on me. That is a lazy person. That is, that is somebody who, who makes empty promises. Um, we are not full of empty words as Christians, right? We are full of life-giving words um, that are worthy and that are meaningful. The Bible calls us to live in moral uprightness many times. Moral uprightness, a.k.a. integrity, right? So we're supposed to live in integrity. Um, in, in the letter to, to the Hebrews, the author who is unnamed ends the letter by asking them to pray for their lives to be filled with integrity, um, or as he calls it, the desire to act in all things honorably, right? So if Scripture tells us to act in all things honorably, that means to act with integrity. And if we act with integrity, that means that we don't make up excuses that doesn't mean that we don't mess up. We mess up a lot, but that means that when we do mess up, we own up to it because we are, we are not lazy, but rather we are a godly people, right? <clears throat> so there are many, many ways to live with integrity. Like I said earlier, don't make promises you can't keep. 
Um, make, don't, don't, don't start off with little lies, right? Because if you're a person of integrity, you don't, you don't have these little white lies because eventually those grow and they grow and they grow and they get bigger and they flourish into to something that is much, much greater than the tiny white lie that you started with. Don't make excuses. Just do it, right? If, if it's something that you can't do, own up to that, fess up to that, be okay with that. That's where it comes in later that, that we are called to be humble, right? But be okay with it because you're gonna mess up and that's, and that's fine, right? Um, so just own up to it. Don't make empty promises. Um, so a lazy person makes excuses, but a godly person is one of integrity. So in verse 14, we learned a lazy person lies around and gets nothing done. But the contrast to that is that a godly person takes the gospel to the nations, right? And so how, how can we take the gospel to the nations if we just lie around and get nothing done, right? If we're lazy and if we never get out of bed and if we're, we're like a door on its hinges, just back and forth, how can we ever take the gospel to the nations? Let, like, how can we ever take the gospel to the coffee shop that's down the, down the road from us, let alone Swaziland, let alone Cambodia, let alone Africa, anywhere. How can we take um, the gospel to the Middle East? How can we do any of that if we're not even willing to get out of bed and take the gospel to Texas Tech campus, to South Plains, to LCU, to our workplace, um, to the coffee shop, to Walmart, to Market Street, if we can't get up out of our bed and, and not be lazy? And by the nations, I don't mean the, the leftover Chinese food and Mexican food that you go to your fridge to get to warm up before you get back in bed and binge Netflix for the rest of the day. That's not what the nations is. Um, the nations is, is genuinely going and telling people about Christ, whether it's here in the, in the States or whether it's abroad. We can't do that if all we ever do is lay in our bed like a door on its hinges, right? So I'm not saying that rest is bad. You can ask Becca. I'm the biggest advocate of rest. All I ever talk about is rest slightly maybe because I'm a little bit lazy and like to take naps. That could be part of it. Um, but I, I genuinely do believe that, that rest is very, very important in our lives, right? So I'm not saying this against rest. We have to have our Sabbath day, right? We have to have our day of rest. That's what fills us up. That's what makes us realize that we cannot do it without God. So I'm not saying rest is bad at all. But how many people abuse rest and use it as a form of laziness? Like I said, have a lazy day every once in a while, but if it happens every day, you could, you could potentially be off. Um, so like I said, it, we are called to go to the nations and to proclaim the gospel. That's what the Great Commission is in Mark 16, 15, and Matthew 28, 19. We are called to, to go to the nations, right, and to, to tell people about Christ, and we can't do that if we're in bed. I know I've said that 14,000 times already. I'm gonna keep beating it over the head because that's so important, right? It's because we cannot tell people about the love of Christ if we never leave our apartment or our house or our bed or our room or whatever it is. What could you do for your life or in your life for the gospel if you, if you stopped watching TV and, and Netflix all day every day and you spent the day meeting up with your community, right? Meeting up with a trail team, meeting up with somebody who, who you're friends with, somebody who you're not friends with, right? Making new friends. What would it look like if you spent that time in godly community? What would it look like if instead of at night, you play video games before bed, what would it look like if you read a chapter of a book um, and continued to grow in godliness and continued to grow in, in knowledge to share the gospel, right? What would it look like if instead of sleeping in on a Sunday, you came and you were in community with church? Or instead of sleeping in on a Saturday, you woke up and you went and served at Grace Campus or Impact Lubbock or any of the other ministries that are around town? What would it look like if you 
altered your time to start serving the Lord, right? To start taking the gospel to the nations instead of just laying in bed. And this not only means laying in bed physically, but, but spiritually and mentally and emotionally, right? If you're staying in the same place and you're not getting out of your day-to-day grind, then, then you're wrong, right? You, you need to break that, that, um, that chain, right? You need to go and you need to, to get out of bed and you need to go and you need to take the gospel to the nations. It's so important. What would it look like for you to start sharing the gospel on a regular basis with people, right? If you committed to asking two to three people a week or a month what it would look like to, to pray for them or to um, just share the gospel with them, what would that look like? A lazy person lies around and gets nothing done, but a godly person takes the gospel to the nations. In verse 15, we learned that a lazy person does things halfway, but a godly person does everything to the best of their ability for God, Right? And so we learned what what a lazy person does in verse 15. And Colossians 3.23 tells us in comparison what we should do there. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, do it with your whole heart as if you were working for the Lord and not for people. So if if we are getting a menial task from our boss, it's like, hey, go sweep the bathrooms. And you go in there and do a crappy job of sweeping and there's stuff everywhere. We're, we're not reflecting our Savior at that, right? We're not reflecting the kingdom. We're not reflecting who Jesus is in our lives if we're being lazy enough to not do our work well. Um, so I know that in the past few years, um, many of us have been in group projects, or if you haven't yet, look forward to it because it's going to not be fun. Um, but there is always people in group projects in school that don't do their work. Don't be that person, Right? If you, if you are in a group project, do your work. Do it to the best of your ability, right? If you do your work to the best of your ability at work, at school, wherever you are all the time, do you think that people will start wondering, man, I don't know what's going on with JT, but every single time somebody asks him to do something stupid, he does it to the best of his ability and with a smile on his face. People will be like, there's something crazy about that guy. I'm going to ask him what it is. And then he gets to share Jesus. Boom. Check. Right? Um, so whatever you do, no matter what, do it with your whole heart, right? Do it for God because we're not, we're not here to please man. Um, we're not here to be lazy, but rather we are here to, to glorify the most high. <clears throat> what would it look like? Yeah, if, if you're at work and you go and you clean the bathrooms with a smile on your face. What would it look like um, when you went home from your holidays and um, your family asks you to go do something really lame with them? And you're like, no, I'm just going to stay home. But what would it look like if you went and if you had fun and if you smiled and if you laughed with them and you encouraged them? What would it look like if you did your absolute best in all of your classes and didn't take any shortcuts, didn't use Quizlet on online tests? Everybody does it. Don't say you don't. Um, what, What would it look like if you stopped doing all of that stuff because you wanted to glorify the Father, right? People would begin to ask you what you were doing and why. Um, and you'd be able to tell them, hey, I, I do everything to the best of my ability because that's what I'm called to, because I am a follower of Jesus, right? And so if we look at verse 16, we learn that a lazy person is full of themselves, but a godly person is humble and meek, right? And so that's why I said earlier, uh, a little bit later, I would talk about how being humble comes in. Whenever somebody asks you to do something and you know you can't do it, don't try to do it and do a really poor job and only do it 50% to say, hey, 
man, I can't do that actually. That's, that's where, where being humble and being meek comes in, right? Scripture calls us all the time to be humble. In Ephesians 4.2, uh, it says, walk according to what we've been called to, in humility, with gentleness, with patience, and he goes on and, and, and he lists a couple of other characteristics of a godly person right there, right? But he says, with humility, go, go and do what we've been called to do, right? Go and, and not be lazy. Go and, and serve the people around you. Go and do what we have been called to do as Christians with humility, with meekness, right? Um, all, all of these verses, James 4, 6, Ephesians 4, 2, Colossians 3, 12, all of them call us to be humble, to be meek, to be understanding, to be gracious with everyone. And none of those things can happen if we walk around like we're the hottest thing since sliced bread. If we think that we are better than everybody, if we think that, that we are too cool to talk to people, if we think that you know, we have our little click around the lunch table like kids do in high school and you can't sit with us, nobody will be able to see the glory and the goodness and the love of Jesus Christ if that's what we act like all the time, right? So I, I encourage you guys, walk in humility. Walk in humility, walk in meekness. Don't be the person um, that all of us know that thinks it's my way or the highway all of the time or that they're always right or that they always have something to say about something. Don't be that person. People don't like that person, right? Be humble, be meek. Because a lazy person is full of themselves, but a godly person is humble and they're meek. So guys, our actions and our words play a huge role in our lives, right? As, as followers of Jesus, we constantly, whether we know it or not, have people looking at our actions, waiting for us to slip up, waiting for us to say something stupid, and they catch us a lot because we do it a lot, right? Um, but, but our actions and, and our words are so important. People know that you follow Jesus, and your actions and words come across as lazy and selfish, and rude, and ignorant, and mean, that's the view that that person is going to have of our Savior, right? You have to start acting like every person that you come into contact with has never met Jesus, that they have no idea anything about God. What does your conversation, what do your actions, what do your words from the time that you talked with them, or the time that they saw your life, what does that say about our Father? What does that say about our Creator, right? If it says that he's an ignorant, a lazy, um, a good-for-nothing God, nobody's going to want any part of that. We cannot be lazy. We cannot be selfish. We cannot be bad-spirited and begin to think that people are going to see the fullness and the goodness of God, of the person that we claim to serve. Because I, I, I can guarantee you that, that most of us, and this is awesome, but I can guarantee you that most of us in this room Somewhere in our Instagram bio has some kind of Bible verse or says something about Jesus or some of our pictures are from church or whatever. And that's awesome. Keep doing that. But if, if our Instagram shouts Jesus, but our life in class is like, man, that dude cheats on his quizzes every single time he gets a chance to. Or if at work, all we do is sit and lounge around and have other people have to cover for us, then that says nothing good about our father, about our creator, right? Jesus was a man of integrity. Jesus took the gospel to the nations. Jesus did the best of his ability in everything that he did. And Jesus was humble and meek. Jesus did not make excuses. He did not lie around and do nothing. Jesus did not do things halfway, and he was not full of himself. So if we want to start resembling 
Jesus, if we want to start acting like the, the person that we follow and that we claim to follow and the person that we love, maybe, maybe tonight is a night that we need to kind of whip ourselves in shape. Whether it's we're lazy like we've been talking about tonight or whether it's just that we're not following these, uh, these characteristics of what a godly person looks like, maybe tonight is the night that that changes, right? Maybe tonight is the night that you say, man, I've been, I've been physically lazy, or maybe I've even been spiritually lazy. Maybe um, I started a Bible study reading plan thing on He Reads True three weeks ago, and I'm only two days in. Maybe you need to kick yourself in gear, right? Maybe, maybe that that's what this looks like for you. Because if, if we say that we follow Jesus, if we say that we love Jesus, we need to start representing the person that we say we love and we follow in a better light because we have to give him a good name. Um, and obviously there's grace for all of this. Um, don't, don't walk out of this room thinking, man, I'm an awful person. There's no hope for me. Um, no, there is hope for you, and, and that is Jesus, right? That is that, that our Heavenly Father sent his Son to come to earth and to die on the cross for his children, for us, who did not deserve that, um, and invite us into relationship with him. That is the saving grace of this passage, is although we are lazy and we are selfish and we are ignorant and we are stupid and we are an idiot, right? Just like this sermon series says, don't be an idiot, we are idiots, even though all of that is true about us, the gospel reigns true still no matter what, right? Jesus, no matter what, came and died on the cross for us. So don't walk out of this room tonight thinking that there's no hope for you. Walk out of this room tonight with, with joy um, that there is hope. That even if you've been struggling with this, that you can turn that around, right? Um, so let's start acting in a way that represents Jesus, right? Not in a way that, that represents the lazy sluggard from, from this proverb. So as I pray, the band is going to go ahead and come up, and we're going to begin to worship. Um, if you would like to, to talk to somebody about committing your life to Jesus, or if you'd like to talk to somebody about, hey man, like I've just been struggling with this or that, um, there's going to be a couple of people back over here and a couple of people back over in this corner as well. Um, come visit us. Come hang out with us. We'd love to talk to you. Um, more importantly, worship the Father in this time. Just really, just really give him, give him what's in your hands. Give him what you're struggling with. So I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for everything that you do for us. Um, man, we, we really appreciate who you are. We appreciate um, all that you've done for us, Father. We appreciate that even though we are lazy, Father, and that we um, lack all of these characteristics that we're called to, Father, um, you are gracious and you are loving, um, and, and you know um, just what we need, Father. So speak to us tonight. Um, speak to us. Show us what we need. Um, yeah, just, just pour your blessings out on us. Pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. You can learn more about The Journey by checking us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for at the journey LBK.